Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I am Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Harrison Fagan. And again, as always, you can find the show on Audio Boom. That's where the RSS feed comes from. That's the most direct way you can get it. You can also find us on iTunes if you subscribe. And the more subscribers, the better for everybody. Uh, And also, uh, thanks to Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation for hosting the podcast and articles and fed out, you know, they, they feed out the articles via the social media platforms. Like, we really appreciate that. They didn't have to do that kind of thing, and, and it uh, it's really helped the show take hold the way it has. Uh, Harrison, it's your birthday, and not only, like for your birthday, you get to come home from Vegas. <laughs> well, so like by the time most people are listening to this, it'll be a day after my birthday, so thanks for forgetting. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh this was this was a long time in Vegas. This was a very long time in Vegas and to be living out of a hotel room. I am uh I am excited to drive home tomorrow and uh you know see how that goes and then hopefully I get there and then I'll be able to rest a little bit. I uh this is obviously an audio medium. So people can't quite see this right now, but Harrison's eyes are centimeters open like it is not very much separation from eyelid to eyelid right now for talking analytically i'm awake man i'm totally engaged for you <laughs> uh i guess since you're leaving we should give uh las vegas the the unlv the entire support staff that they have there a shout out for a really well-run league you know from start to finish the facilities there, uh, I, I, I didn't have anything to complain about. Uh, the, the, the Thomas and Mack Center is, the, I would say, pretty perfect venue for this in terms of size. And, and I was marveling at how loud it is there uh, in, in, in that arena compared to even Staples Center. But from start to finish, uh, congratulations on yet another great summer league, Las Vegas. And uh, I can't wait to go there again next year. And then yeah, you have, and- a, you have an, a, a hyper-personal story of your own. Yeah, so I, I have a couple little shout-outs that I want to give. Uh, the first one right off the bat is Will Patterson, who I've worked with uh, since he was with the Defenders, and he did like a great job just making sure that the Lakers were easily available for us right after the games, and so that all of us in the that were kind of on the beat could get our stories done, and I know that that was appreciated by myself and I think everybody else out there who was just trying to you know meet their deadlines and get their stuff done and work in a professional environment, so I really appreciate him. But then today, you know, like, uh, but, or I guess over the last couple of days over summer league, I had had kind of a friendly back and forth with one of the security guards at Thomas and Mack Center named Warren, a uh, really nice older guy. And uh, he, he's been great. And then over the last couple of days, I've been sitting in the front row because just about all the legit media left. So that meant that I got to use their seats closer to the court. And the security guard down there is a really nice lady. Her name's Angela. She, uh, and you know, her and I last night, I wasn't really working. Did we lose Harrison? I think we lost Harrison. 
Here he is. He's back. Shout out to uh, Boulder Station Wi-Fi for being terrible. Uh, so where did I get where did I get cut off there? You were about to name names of, of the uh, the security people there. You were talking about sitting in the front row like a like a baller. Yeah. So I got I got to use the legit media seats in the front row because they all kind of took off after like halfway through the first week, especially once the Lakers were out. We just uh, we were losing bodies left and right. It was uh, it was pretty open in the media section the last couple of days. So I struck up kind of a nice conversation with Angela, the woman working down there, and I guess I must have mentioned to her that it was my birthday today, which was kind of surprising to me because I normally don't. You know, I, that's not something that I bring up to people. Um, you know, it just gets brought up by people like you on the podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> but so, so I guess I mentioned it and she, uh, she, she actually like, she brought me a cheesecake today that, you know, I got to share with, with her and Warren and a couple other people, uh, Mark Cannon and his dad, who I met through Twitter, uh, you know, came and had like a nice little birthday celebration with me on a day I thought I was going to be pretty lonely. And I'm sure this is a day that, uh, this is something a lot of people care about. You know, that are listed. So if we haven't lost you, thanks for sticking with us. I promise we're going to talk about the Lakers. But I did want to give all of those people a shout out. And to everyone that wished me well today on Twitter, I, you know, and Facebook and Instagram and whatever, I just, uh, I really appreciate all you guys. And thank you to Vegas for putting on like a first class event. Summer League is kind of, it's not the best basketball the NBA have to, has to offer, but it's one of the best environments the NBA has to offer. Couldn't agree more, and I also couldn't agree more that we should probably move on and, and start talking about the Lakers. But uh, part of the thing here, part of part of what I guess our idea, I think it's fair to say, with, with this show is that people buy into us as people. So if you get the personal stories and, and, and stuff like that, I'm hoping we didn't lose too many people. But uh, for those still sticking I mean, around. I, yeah, maybe they buy into you as a person. I regularly get called a robot in the <laughs> Silver Screen and Roll comment section. They call me the machine. So, <laughs> and make robot jokes. So, I mean, they don't think I'm a person. They think this is just like kind of a program talking, but that's fine. That's cool. Whatever. I, I don't know. I, I thought you were Spock. All right. So, <laughs> what we were going to talk about today on, on the show is, uh, now that Las Vegas Summer League is behind us, uh, the action doesn't stop at all out there in Vegas. They pick up right right where Vegas Summer League leaves off, and they have the Team USA minicamp, uh, you know, which gets going. And the Lakers are really well represented, right? You 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 found what is a really cool stat, and it's really it didn't have you didn't take a whole bunch of digging, but go ahead and talk about what uh, why the Lakers' future is is pretty bright based on the representation there in in Vegas still. Yeah, so I went ahead and I plugged the roster into my advanced analytics programs, <laughs> and I can't. I came away with number one that uh, you know there, there's a there's a lot of Lakers involved in Las Vegas Summer League. Just in case you hadn't heard, we got or I guess the team has D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, and Brandon Ingram out there. In case you've been living under a rock or not really following our coverage, and so the Lakers are one of seven teams with multiple players there. And but they are the only ones that have three players represented. The other teams with multiple are the Bucks, the Pistons, the Timberwolves, the 76ers, the Nuggets, and the Bulls. Yes, that, that's it. Right. But being the only team with three guys there, 
uh, is something that, you know, the Lakers, it kind of speaks to how well they've been drafting, right? And also how terribly the last few seasons have gone being in a situation where you can draft I, like that. I was going to say, the the I think the latter has a little bit more to do with it than the first. <laughs> Although, uh, you know, the Celtics have had plenty of draft picks and they got uh, they have one representative, so... You know, <laughs> should we take another 30 seconds or so to just laugh at Boston again? It didn't I don't know. Out. Last time that didn't go super well. Like we <laughs> laughed at them for losing that Cavs team. And then Jordan, the scoring God McCray destroyed the Lakers in the second half of that game. And, you know, uh, gave, I guess gave me the rest of the weekend off from covering the Lakers for the most part. But yeah, he know. just did you a favor. That's all that was. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> but yes, to, 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 yeah, to just kind of sum that up and, I, I'm remiss. I'm being remiss. At the beginning of the show, I should have said, this is what we're going to be talking about, is this Team USA stuff. Not only is the future bright for the Lakers, but individually, we're going to talk really quickly about what this means for each guy, who they should be hanging out with. And then at the end of this whole thing, we're going to ask, uh, you know, who's the most likely of those three guys that the Lakers have there right now to actually finally make the big team, you know, the, the actual Olympic team. So that'll be an interesting conversation. Uh, we'll just dive right back in the, in, into this thing and individually, uh, we'll start with the most obvious. I think the most obvious guy who should be spending as much time as he possibly can, can around somebody who he strikes a lot of people as, as, as having a similar game to is Brandon Ingram, right? Like that's the easy one. He's just gotta, wherever Kevin Durant goes. Brandon Ingram has to go and figure out a way. Like, does Kevin need water? Uh, can well, Kevin shoot afterwards? Why would he spend the whole week looking in the mirror? <laughs> That's a fair point. It maybe we should frame it the other way around. Kevin Durant should spend some time with Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I mean Brandon Ingram was pretty good in that last summer league game. Like, I, I don't want to overhype it, but I feel like Kevin Durant could probably learn a lot from that performance. And like, you know, G G Brandon Ingram, he's a gym rat. Uh, he was back in the in the Thomas and Mack Center today to watch the Las Vegas summer league final. I, I didn't see Kevin Durant there. I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything about Kevin Durant's work ethic, but you know, <laughs> but. It, it we should it's probably left better not saying right. Just go ahead and yeah. let everybody piece these things together. Uh, it's yeah, it, poor poor warriors. Brandon Ingram was there. You on purple hat. I could <laughs> I couldn't see uh, I couldn't see if it was a Lakers one. I'm just kind of assuming it was. But yeah, he was out repping the Lakers in the finals. So at least one of them made it. <laughs> poor poor Warriors fans are out there thinking, "Gosh, we finally got this great upgrade, and we got Kevin Durant and." We're, we might get out of the Lakers' shadow for three straight years. This could be great. And then the Lakers drafted somebody who's better anyway. So, yeah. And I, all right. We're going to get Warriors World because they're really sensitive about everything. Uh, they're going to jump in our mentions and stuff. I swear we're being facetious. Wink, wink. Uh, but, yeah, the, <laughs> going, going, down, going down the list, uh, the next guy who I think should spend ample amounts of time with a a player who people hope he can turn into is Julius Randle and Draymond Green, right? Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. That was going to be my answer as well. And you know, while you and I have both talked about, it's a little bit ridiculous to be comparing the two right now. Where you're like, like, well, what is Randle going to be? Draymond Green with a quicker first step and a better handle. Uh, <laughs> like, hold wait, hold on a second now. Let's, Easy there. 
<laughs> yeah. But, you know, Randall's shot from what we saw today looked a little better from the little video snippets that we got. And, yeah, I think that Draymond Green is definitely someone who he should attach himself to. And even if he doesn't end up becoming the same player, which is very unlikely considering there's never been a Draymond Green before, uh, you know, it's still like a good person whose attitude is good to spend time around. Draymond Green is a real competitor, and Julius seems to be kind of the same way. So I think that they'll kind of get – they'll have something in common there. Maybe Julius Randle will find kind of like a veteran mentor, like someone that he can go to with things as he's kind of coming up through his NBA career. And I think that that's kind of a perfect choice for that. I completely agree. If there was one aspect of Draymond Green, it's like we could ask the same question with Ingram and KD, but like KD's so good at so many things that you just kind of say like, just just learn as much as you possibly can from the guy, right? Yeah. But with, with Randall and Draymond, is there any one aspect of Draymond's game that you would hope that Randall would, would really take away from the couple weeks, I guess, he's going to be spending with the guy? Well, obviously defense. I don't think that Randall's ever going to be the defender that Draymond Green is because, again, there's never been a Draymond Green before. <laughs> but I do think that the that was another thing with the mindset that I wanted to get to and then I just kind of blanked on, blame, the, blame Vegas. I... Um, I think that that defensive mindset is really something that he can take away from Draymond Green and something that could be really helpful for him moving forward is just learning to really take pride in the defensive end because it turns out that getting sh manned up, man up shouted at you the entire time doesn't really breed that when you know the, your one player is allowed to just never defend. So I, I think that that's kind of something worth noting. I think that... Uh, I think that Randall could definitely learn a lot from him there just in terms of habits and maybe some skills and techniques, even if he doesn't have the raw tools to be the same defender that Draymond does. There is one particular habit that I hope Randall doesn't get from Draymond's game, but I, again, we should just leave these things better off. You know, there, some things are better left unsaid and uh, Draymond's one fatal flaw is something I, I, I really hope uh Julius Randle doesn't have the balls to take in. Um, I the other thing that I would hope Randall takes <laughs> <laughs> on, on top of on top of <laughs> trying to say that with a straight face on top of the defense that you so, mentioned. No, I, I feel like hold on. I feel like we should specify like Ju Julius Randle. We know you're listening to this podcast. Don't <laughs> run around like. People's nether regions are not like a birthday pinata for you to run around kicking for candy. Like, just be careful with that. The, those yep. flavor and foul points, they add up and they can cost you a title. Shout out to the Warriors. <laughs> uh, but on, on top of the defense, I'm, I'm really hoping Randall takes the, the – and it's tough to learn this because a lot of this is very instinctual. But Draymond's ability to pass is absolutely vital in Luke Walton's system. And if, if the Lakers are going to be successful, you know, implementing that, that system, Julius Randle has to be able to, to handle the ball and make the kind of decisions that Draymond has, has shown an ability and a proclivity to, to, to display. So, you know, again, it's, I, it's, well, go ahead. 
I'd say again with the qualifier that obviously he's not as good as Draymond yet, but he did kind of flash that towards the end of last season. I did like what I was seeing from him from a playmaking perspective. I think that he was starting to get good at that. And another thing that this isn't specifically a Draymond Green thing, but that I did like from some of the clips that we were getting was Randall looked a lot more comfortable rolling all the way to the basket out of pick and rolls with D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was something that we didn't see a lot of last year. Randall was popular hopping to the elbow and trying to take the defense from there, which was kind of negating the entire advantage, like any advantage that was generated by the pick and roll, which was pretty limited because Randall's screens weren't that great. He was kind of always slipping them. Mm -hmm. But when he was just catching the ball, the defense was having a chance to retreat and he was going one-on-one again. The pick and roll just generated a one-on-one opportunity, which is like, okay, great. That's why when people cite like the Lakers ran plenty of pick and rolls last year, like, yeah, sure they did, but they didn't run them well and they didn't make any adjustments throughout the year to run them better. So Mm -hmm. I I think that that's something that he can take away from Draymond's game that Draymond has become like fairly good at is rolling to the basket or really a lot of it. I mean, that's a skill that most bigs need in today's NBA. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then finally, the last player on this list, and the reason I left him for last is because I actually went off the board, you know, on top of, you know, obviously you're going to say D'Angelo Russell should spend as much time as he possibly can with Kyrie Irving or Kyle Lowry. I, I kind of have one. I have one for this, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll say, I'll take mine, my, I'll say my surprise one. I actually want him to spend a bunch of time with Carmelo Anthony. Okay. And, and, and here's why, uh, he, we saw it earlier in the summer league that it was an actual – it looked like it was a priority that he went down into the post. And, and any time he had a smaller guard, it was a mouse in the house at least once every fifth or so possession. And it's tough to implement that, you know, when you're consistently having your point guard. You know, your spacing is going to, you know, suffer a little bit when your point guard spending so much time in the pins post and in. But Carmelo Anthony – has been called by multiple players one of the toughest guys that they've ever had to guard and it's because he plays bully ball so effectively it looks very painful to guard him oh yeah yeah and and i think carmelo has become really underrated at this point and and it's for reasons of his own accord you know his it's not like the knicks have been all that successful and 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 because of that carmelo has has kind of taken a hit publicly in terms of what people see his value as but with but in terms of the individual player i i really like you know what what he can bring to the game if he's really focused and if if he can if you know if if d'angelo russell can spend ample time next to him and and learn that bully ball style of play and and russell being a larger guard that makes him really tough to handle throughout the entire year and it makes up for what he lacks athletically because he isn't somebody who just is going to, you know, Russell Westbrook inspire all kinds of awe with, with the feats he'll accomplish on the court. Who, who did you have in mind? So mine's kind of a similar off board prediction. See, when you said off board, I thought you were saying off the team. And I'm like, that's kind of cheating in this game, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I think D'Angelo Russell should spend a bunch of time around Steph Curry. He should just leave Team USA camp and just fly to wherever Steph is and follow him around. <laughs> Preferably not with a camera phone. But... I, don't think that, I don't think that would go over very well. Yeah, probably not. That that's but yeah, that'd be a little weird. But <laughs> the one guy that I thought for like on court a similar reason to you, the post up, 
that is a little bit off board is DeMarcus Cousins. I was actually so, thinking of him too. That's great. So, I, you know, the, the post-up thing's great. You touched on all of that, the advantages that he'd give him. But the other reason that I think spending some time around Cousins would be good is how do you deal with being kind of vilified in the media almost no matter what and having kind of a lot of, you know, let, let's say – just kind of more general fans, I guess, hate you for kind of yeah. no reason, mm -hmm. which Russell seems to generate pretty strong reactions one way or the other. Like a lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. There doesn't seem to be a lot of the median. And that kind of seems to be the same thing with Cousins, mm -hmm. e even to the point of, you know, in real life, you know, if you go talk to some random dude at a bar, he doesn't think DeMarcus Cousins is a winner. He doesn't think he's that great, whatever. And they'd probably say the same thing about Russell. Meanwhile, both of those players are beloved by Twitter for the mm -hmm. most part. And I think that spending some time around Cousins and just maybe picking his brain on how, how do you deal with people hating you, uh, you know, almost no matter what you do, where you really feel like you can't win could possibly be beneficial for him. I was really trying to think of guys on the team, but as far as the guards go, I mean, there are obviously things that there are skills that those guys have that would be great for Russell to pick up. But that was one that I kind of thought would be an interesting thing to talk about. And, and not only that, but I think it was Adi made the point today on Twitter that, you know, you, you can't help but look at the, the Kings drafting strategy of just, all right, we're going to take every seven footer we can possibly find. And and make and try gotta, to make it work they, from there. They've been watching TNT. What you got to do to the Warriors is be able to post them up. And so <laughs> the King, they're like, now we have a bigger player than every player on the Warriors at every position. Yeah, you know, with with Demarcus running point point next year, he's just he's going to post up Steph all day. I just I think that's a path to seventy two wins. <laughs> Even though they play them four times. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but what what Adi was saying on there, and that's Adi Joseph of Sporting News. Uh, he what he was saying was that you can't help but notice that yeah, they're drafting all these guys, and it might be for you know life without Boogie, right? It, it might be all right. What's going to happen if and when we trade him or he leaves via free agency? I don't I don't think I've heard a quote from Boogie. Or, or I definitely haven't heard two quotes in a row from DeMarcus Cousins that sound like he's a happy camper out there in Sacramento. Like if he says one day that like, yeah, everything's great. The next day he's going to send out some, you know, mystic tweet about how terrible life is and stuff. <laughs> so, so I, from, you know, not only, you know, could he, could D'Angelo Russell learn from DeMarcus Cousins about how to handle unfair national narrative, but he could also kind of maybe give a little angle to him and say, hey, look, you and I can deal with this together. And we can, like, I, I think for a portion of last year, Boogie and Rajon Rondo actually developed a relationship, right? Because they were both, you know, they, they both had national stigma about them, a negative stigma about them. And they kind of, they, 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 they took that and they ran with it. Maybe Russell and, and DeMarcus, and, and again, I'm going to sound, I sound like a total Laker homer right now, but Russell can kind of say to him, hey, uh, it, so long as you win, Lakers fans forgive you, right? And, and at least the Lakers have shown over their history that they might win at some point. The Kings have never shown that. Uh, come on out here to LA and, and, and join us out here. He'd fit perfectly. Could you just imagine if the Lakers added him to that roster? Oh, 
Yeah, him and Timo would be a real uh, tag team. Oh, to, no, I'd, I'd fire Timo off into the sun. I, I was being sarcastic anyway. But <laughs> first of all, thank you, Bill Simmons, for going total homer on yeah, that take. He that, needs to recruit was... cousins to the Lakers. Not only did you do that, but recruit him to the Lakers as a not nobody believes in us team. <laughs> that was like what's funny is you didn't even realize you were doing this, but you just turned into Bill Simmons right on this podcast. So I, I'd like some of your HBO money. Uh, yeah, I mean, next time we're out there in Vegas, I will not finish that sentence. You were supposed <laughs> to buy me a bunch of coffees this time, and you didn't even do it. So who whatever. buys coffee for people? Period. Little you, Vegas. because you lost a bet to two thousand <laughs> Twitter followers. Okay, now we're humble bragging. All right, so. <laughs> We'll move on after my homerism and, and, and venture into terrifying venture into Bill Simmons land. That, that kind of sucked. Uh, next, I'm going to talk about the flake gate. <laughs> to finish this podcast, I did want to float the question out there to you of D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randall, or Brandon Ingram. Who do you think is the most likely to, you know, at some point make this Team USA Olympic roster? I think it's Russell. You think so? Yeah. Uh, he he has the highest, highest ceiling to me of the players on the roster right now. And I also think that even though we talk about it, it's a point guards league, it's this and that, a lot of those guys that are the superstar point guards that are competing for Team USA spots are getting a little older. Like Curry obviously sat out this year, but like by the time the next Olympics roll around, Russell will be right at that age. And I, I think that it's very easy to picture him as being one of the top point guards in the league at that point. Right. I, and I, I agree with that. And that's a solid point. I honestly hadn't thought of that at the time of thinking of, or, or making my choice. I actually went with Brandon Ingram. And it's because he fits that, that European style of play so well. Yeah. Right? Of, a, of a, you know, he could potentially become a seven-footer if he, can, if he continues growing. He's right. pretty close. He's honestly pretty close. If you look at they, they are already underlisting him because if you look at him standing next to Avica Zubats, mm-hmm. there's not that much of a height difference. But well, he has that big hair, which which also helps. I mean, even like forehead wise, it, it's not like he he's tall. Yeah, and and so yeah, that's that's kind of why I said Brandon Ingram, and I and I just I really like Brandon Ingram's game. Now, it's unfair of me to say this, not having seen any official NBA minutes, and, and I'll throw that out there as an obvious disclaimer to, to the entire point that I'm making. But yeah, just as a seven-footer who can rebound, who can push the break, who can space the floor, just hypothetically speaking, I don't know if you can you know, develop and, a better European player than, than Brandon Ingram. And conceivably be able to play a little bit of four by then because you would think that after four years he'll actually have, like, skin on his bones and, like, maybe <laughs> some meat too. Um, if not four, eight is is within reason, right? Like, he's he's a rookie. So yeah. in, eight, in, in his eighth year, you would think that at some point he might, you know, gain a pound. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like, not that, not that he needs to just like bolt, like get ripped or something. But you know, mm-hmm. he is going to have to get a little stronger. And by that point, there's no reason to think he won't be. And so he'll probably be able to play a little bit of that small ball four, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, been that that's been why Carmelo Anthony's been so successful in international play. Kevin Durant too. Exactly. I was you know, for they, they obviously they have different games, but they both play a little bit of that small ball four out there, and their mm-hmm. shooting just changes things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I was 
I mean, there's not much you can gain from, what was it, a seven-minute clip today? It wasn't a very long clip that they showed, and you, you, you only see him shoot, you know, a few times. But I don't think I saw him miss very many shots in, in, from those clips that they showed with the, that, that Team Select or Team USA Select team uh, practice. So that's that's something to look forward to. And then, you know, it's not like we're saying Julius Randle flat out won't make the team. We just think that those we two We don't know guys, what he's going to be yet. I, I have no idea. I have no idea about that. And then I just think, you know, if, if we, we have a better idea with those other guys and if those other guys develop into something close to what we think they can be, the, the, both the Angela Russell and Brandon Ingram's games very specifically fit a European style of play. Yeah, I would agree. All right, so that'll do it for today's podcast. Thank you again for everybody to you know who's tuning in regularly. Uh, we the numbers so far have been great. I we're you know Harrison and I just look at each other floored when when the numbers come in. We really greatly appreciate it. Make sure you keep sup- subscribing. Tell your friends about it. Tell your neighbor about it. Tell people who don't even like the Lakers. Like just say like, hey, you don't do you like sports? Do you like people talking? Do you enjoy that? Uh, do you enjoy laughing at, at terrible jokes? That's what we're here for. Like, if you do you know a lonely old person that, like, needs conversation on in their house? Like, go, <laughs> go, like, go subscribe grandma to the podcast. Or, like, leave, leave it on for your pets when you leave the house or something. <laughs> you know, like, there are plenty of uses for this kind of, for this kind of podcast. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about this off air, but we should absolutely do some, like, telemarketing or some kind of like commercial for the show yeah there it's it's really like this show is like the brandon ingram of podcasts it's like or like the future brandon ingram of podcasts it's very it's very versatile we're like that shamwow like we gotta make a shamwow commercial are you (laughs) are you devastated with your life do you need more laughter we won't supply it but we'll try (laughs) (laughs) and you might laugh at us All right, that'll do it before we really get ourselves in trouble. Uh, We'll talk to everybody again tomorrow. This is recorded on a Monday night. It'll run Tuesday. We'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. And uh, shoot us any kind of topics. We're going to get into a really slow time of the year, as as evidenced by the the conversation that we had today. Send us topics that you have, and and we'll try to squeeze those into the show as well. Thanks, everybody. Yes, Uh, thank you. Questions, the locked on Lakers, that kind of thing. Like we we love to get your. We'd love to know what you guys want to know. Exactly. All right. I'll talk to you later, Harrison. All right. Thanks, Anthony.